We always start Watcher's Guide with a joke to some degree. But we do not have to have a couch gag here. <laughs> a completely aimless ramble in towards after the uh, opening track. Uh, it, it's worked for How Marvelous Before. It could be working yeah. right now, for all I know. Well, all I'm saying is there's not a set price, but it's largely going to depend on how many and where they want to put them. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, whatever. Let, let's do this. Anyway, hello. Uh, welcome to Multiverse of Marketing. I am Crash and Burn, and with me is J.R. Sweeney. Hello. 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 Hi, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good on this side of a pandemic that pretty much shut down our other show that we were doing. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, well, you know, it's, it's really, it's really sad. Like I recognize that I'm like a white guy with a podcast and I, I, I realize what that is and I realize mm. like everything that carries with it but also like i realize how sad it is that i was sad like not recording <laughs> like you know it was just like i was sitting there and i'm just like man i really miss doing that <laughs> so whatever fuck it we're doing it fuck it yeah yeah, and so rather than go through a specific series like we previously did or, say, an entire era worth of comics and maddeningly attempt to read every Marvel comic ever produced, you crazy, crazy bastards. Not not every Marvel comic. I mean, we're not reading everything, but uh, we're reading a yes. lot. Yeah, yeah, no. I figure once you pass like a certain number in the thousands, just don't stop making excuses. It you're no, reading everything I, more it, or less. You know, <laughs> I think we've read like one issue of Tomb of Dracula, so you know. I mean that that's that's one more issue than I've read. Whatever. Anyway, but, <laughs> instead we have decided to focus on kind of a theme, and in this case we're focusing on marketing and ad selling and crossovers in comic books. Uh, everything from the splash page ads when you first open a comic book to the inclusive little story comics where characters would save someone, including something, would save someone with the help of a product to right. times when a product itself was suddenly introduced as a character. Right. Like those delightful kiss comics. <laughs> well, right. Uh, yeah, I think so. Ultimately, we're going to be looking at two different things that are both sort of in the same tradition. We're going to be looking at promotional comics, uh, which can be everything from, as we're going to be discussing this episode, the hostess ads, all the way up to... Uh, an entire issue of something designed purely to promote, you know, the the citrus growers of Florida. Blessed may they be. Blessed may they be. But also licensed comics, which are a completely different animal. And I think it's all incredibly fascinating. On the side of promotional comics, as I've told you, 
I think it's hilarious when they try really hard to make the thing they're promoting cool and instead make it look fucking awful. Hey, it, here, here's the thing. Sometimes it goes haywire in weird ways. I remember anti-drug Spider-Man that uh, comics drawn by Todd McFarlane. And quite frankly, let me tell you, that man makes drugs look really fucking lame. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> also, like, I, I'm interested in advertising creates, whether it means to or not, it creates its own world. And the ways that the rules of those worlds are absolutely fascinating to me. When it comes to licensed comics, the way in which they're created, the ways in which the rights are handled. On the Watcher's Guide, we, we did an episode about Micronauts where I just went off for like 45 minutes about how Micronauts came to be. And also like the fact that even though Marvel has lost the rights to the Micronauts, they still own the rights to Arcturus Rand, the Enigma Force, all of these things that they created for it. Same with Rom the Space Knight. They don't own Rom anymore, but they still own the Space Knights and they still own the planet of Galador. Marvel doesn't have Transformers anymore, but Death's Head, who appeared in Transformers first, they still own, you know? And those things and all of the stuff that goes into the making of these things, it's all endlessly fascinating to me. And this is an outlet for me to finally just sit here and never shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> so buckle up. <laughs> and eventually when we get deep into the weeds enough, we'll go looking into ways that comics have also been used by, say, defense contractors and multi-billion dollar studios and how comic book ideas, how, how, how they transcended the medium and then became useful in other mediums, like how superhero movies are now used to promote the United States military. Oorah. That's far down the road. Sure. But really, this is an enormous, like, sphere of ideas we can explore right and where do you start with something like that and frankly i th i think we found the perfect topic to begin with because it has a little bit of everything except for the defense contracts who knows i mean it's it, it, this is a company that made twinkies and maybe those were meant to survive the cold war maybe they weren't maybe that was just a rumor but we are talking about the the classic hostess fruit pie comics yeah uh, i do want to preface this you know you and i have talked about this but i want to make it clear from the get-go we can sit here and laugh about the comics themselves but i want to avoid one major pitfall is i don't want to shit on the people who made these things absolutely you know so if that's what you're looking for here you're going to be sorely disappointed these people are all just they are either fulfilling a contract or just trying to pay their bills. Go with God. Like, seriously, more power <laughs> yeah. to you. I can I can laugh. I can laugh about the colonel showing up <laughs> and Batman being like, I'm so well prepared and I'm the world's greatest detective. But I you know who I need to really solve this crime? The chicken man. The yes. Chicken man, though. 
but yeah, so uh, Hostess Fruit Pie ads. <laughs> Hostess Fruit Pie ads started in 1977, and they only lasted for like five years. A surprisingly short amount of time. And the first one that appeared in is a Batman comic called Batman and the Mummy. Truly creative and thrilling titles. It's it's really interesting. I mean, you know, they ran for five years and they were just kind of an oddity, but they made such an outsized mark. I don't know how to express. I mean, this would be like 20 years from now, people are still making jokes about the Taco Bell Chihuahua. Like this puts Got Milk to shame for yeah. the impact it had on a very singular audience. So from that one Batman cartoon was repeated in ad nauseum pretty much every single character across five separate companies, Marvel, DC, Gold Key, Archie, and Harvey Comics, which were all the major producers at the time. Yeah. And every single one of these comics followed a basic five-step frame. The villain comes in and it does something really just kind of barely villainous. Like, they kind of interrupt yeah, that's that's the best way of putting it. They nobody's interrupt. nobody's going on a killing spree. No one is. It's at most they're inconveniencing people. It's just like, haha, you shan't be able to drive to work this morning because I've got my army of rats. And it's just like, go home, it's just, man. It's just rude and kind of annoying. Yeah, it's just. Just don't. Uh, to which, of course, our superhero pops up out of seemingly nowhere because, of, you know, if, if comics have taught us anything, it's they've got lots of time on their hands in between. Right. The hero, instead of punching the villain in the face, as you usually are wont to do, right. instead considers feeding them. It's it's a brave strategy, Cotton. Uh, let's see where it goes. <laughs> Uh, the villain practically always immediately submits and gives up uh, in the face of this sugary pastry, uh, with the exception of the Joker, who declares that he hates them. Well, we you have to illustrate his insanity. I you yeah, know. I mean, yeah. Joker, why, why, uh, if I recall, the, the exact panel is a, a cop uh, having put Joker in a straitjacket. Uh, ask him, Joker, why don't you, you know, what have you got against Hostess Fruit Pies so much? And Joker just flat out responds, I just don't like them. And uh, another cop says, oh, yeah, of course you're crazy. It's like, the guy doesn't like fruit pies. Is that really basis to lock him up? He has committed no crime. Maybe, maybe <laughs> trespassing. Well, I know I mean... he's a mass murderer, but still. I was going to say, let's not say the Joker has committed no crime. At, uh, in this exact instance, he has committed no crimes. And then there's the final, everyone laughs, we're all going to get laid, ahaha, freeze frame moment. Right. And it's it's really strange because the vast majority of these feature like characters, villains that were created for this specific instance. By and large, they are 
some rando, some low level who gives a shit that nobody's ever heard of. Uh, so, of course, they can be stopped with fruit pies because, you know, this guy's just some some fucking corporate attorney with a costume and low bl- blood sugar. But then they do have the ones where it's like a serious villain, like the Red Skull shows yeah. up in these Nitro who blew up a town in Civil War is in one of these. The Trapster. Okay, but (laughs) Nitro and Red Skull and Joker, like, it kind of undercuts things a little bit to have, like, the Red Skull just be like, well, Captain America, I was going to bash your head in and then, you know, destroy the mud races, but... Now that you've got nitrate-filled fruit pies, well, I guess I could reconsider. It turns out Nazi Germany just had really low blood sugar. Well, yeah. Who knew? (laughs) Can you can you do the Twinkie defense for a whole country? I don't know. (laughs) Um, But it's and what's astounding to me. So most of these are whatever. Like you know, you have. The Flash, or you have Daredevil, or you have Batman, but there were several that featured Captain Marvel, <laughs> um, which is to say the the Marvel Captain Marvel, the uh, Marvel, yeah, the guy who died from cancer, right? And yeah. and it's just like I don't I don't think you really need cosmic awareness to take these people down, bro. <laughs> like. That's kind of bringing a rocket launcher to a knife fight. This is a little uneven. <laughs> Fruit pies or no. I mean, at, at least he's still like within the general boundaries of morality and justice in doing so. Sure. When, when it came time for Superman, uh, he outright ruins a man's career. Yeah. Now, the man discovers that Clark Kent is Superman. And it's like, OK, yeah, that's. Either everyone knows that or seemingly no one knows that. And it is, of course, a a secret to tell. Personally, I'm going to go the Morgan Freeman in Dark Knight uh, response and say you do not want to upset people who can destroy you, potentially someone from orbit with their eyes. Yeah. Maybe just don't do that. He he says, okay, uh, I've, I've got the scoop of a lifetime. He gathers the entire daily plant and says, I've discovered Clark Kent is Superman. He's inside this closet right now. All I have to do is throw up the, open the door and he will be exposed. And he does. And Superman has filled it with hostess fruit pies, at which point Perry White fires the man. Right. And he loses his career. Yeah. Superman, you dick. Yeah, well, you know, of course, this is kind of keeping in in keeping with the way Superman is portrayed, at least on Silver Age covers. I mean, that's the funny thing about these is they are repetitious. They are cheap with characters, but none of them are necessarily out of character. Like they find a way to have every actual IP main superhero character be in character suggesting this incredibly stupid resolution right. to often incredibly stupid crimes. Right. 
So we do have to talk about the rule. <laughs> yes, the the absolute rule. So we've been talking about how they always offer the villain a hostess pie. The hero never eats the hostess fruit pie. Right. I The most I have found is there is one of these where I believe it's one with Captain America. He is sitting down under a tree with the villain in question. And he's opened one. He's holding it in his hand. <laughs> Captain America, a friendly gesture. This big beast man who does not speak English is fighting with Cap and Cap's just like, whatever, and throws his shield at him, which is full of Twinkies. And the guy's just like, holy shit, this is what I've been waiting for my entire life. And they sit down and have a handshake and Cap is holding one. That's the closest I've seen. Now, we know for a fact, because uh, the internet comedy writer Sean Baby did an interview with a guy who worked on these for DC. I'm, I'm so happy that you got your hands on that, because when I went to his site, uh, that interview is no longer available through the site itself. It seems to have been stripped. I could not find the actual interview. I've seen it referenced elsewhere. Uh, um, it's still good enough. But DC did have a specific rule uh, that the hero was never to eat them. We don't know for certain that Marvel did, but it seems to be the case that they did because they sure as fuck never, at no point, did they ever show Daredevil horking down a cupcake at the end of things. Like, you know, he just shows up, he beats the shit out of Johnny Punk, and then he swings away and he's just like, hostess! And like... <laughs> You know, whatever. The thing about it is, so I do wanna I do wanna point out since Spider-Verse, Hostess World is canon to Marvel. Yes. So so all of this all of this, uh at least until uh Jonathan Hickman ended the Marvel multiverse at that time. Right. Uh the timelines get confusing. Uh all of this actually occurred in one universe. Right. All of it. Right. All, all of it. And I love that so much. Um, I love uh, it. I love it. Earth 51914. Right. The hostess snack ad universe. And this is why I, this is why I love it. So real quick, I do want to, I do want to say, so Spider-Verse had some really fun little vignettes wherein Morlin is going from world to world, killing spider totems. And it led to some really great moments. Uh, one of my favorites is the Spider-Man Daily Strip, <laughs> where he's just like, yes, you already said that. Why are... Is there a problem with short-term memory on this earth? Like, what's going on? But in the course of that, there is a hostess fruit pie ad where Spider-Man's late for a date. 
He is attacked by Morlin. He tries to uh, distract him with hostess fruit pies, at which point Morlin grabs him and drains him of his energy, leaving him a lifeless husk. The reason that I love this is, as you said, this establishes a world where literally every situation is resolved with shitty snack food. No offense, mm-hmm. hostess. Didn't they? They shut down, didn't they? Whatever. Uh, yes, I believe all of this IP has since been sold to another company. So Hostess itself is nothing more than a brand. Right. Hostess helped me along the road to type 2 diabetes. <laughs> so I'm not going to sit here and be like, uh, Hostess fruit pies. When, you know, my, my childhood was horking down just so much of this bullshit. But I love the idea of just high level governmental negotiations going on putin's invaded ukraine shit get hostess on the line we need as many fruit pies as they can give us because literally you know it's not just low-level time wasters like spider vis proves incontrovertibly that every situation is handled with sugar and there, there are characters put forward with major implications. Right. The Red Skull exists. Okay, so all of Nazi Germany happened in this universe where conflict and justice and all of that revolves around access to pastries. Yeah. Uh, he later was the, the head of Hydra. Was Hydra's aim to, to like, manipulate the market of like jellies that fill them and creams and, and like the the implications are truly mind-boggling it yeah. it it reminds me of uh, Anthony Bourdain's uh comic book about a world where fast food and and like food culture is the the total economy and that itself was kind of strained this this is taking it to a whole new ridiculous level and right. Ah, uh, I, 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 I can't help but but use the segue that is there of the ultimate parody that most people are actually more familiar with than the the the, the cartoons anymore. Since the cartoons only ran for about five to ten years in the seventies and eighties, most comic book readers are now kind of aging out of that, and not everyone goes back and reads the old comics, especially. The further back they get, the more expensive they are, the more out of touch they are, the more bizarre and intricate the stories are. And, and like that compressed storytelling is a nightmare to try to get your head around sometimes. Yeah. But what most people are familiar with is this one select parody that takes that logic to its extreme, which is, of course, you can stop Galactus, the world eater, with a Twinkie. Right. Yeah, Marvel Team Up, part of Assistant Editors Month. Which I just love that concept. They need to bring that back. It's, sorry, this month's going to be crazy batshit insane. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah, the premise of it is Galactus is about to consume a world when the residents of it destroy their own world in order to prevent Galactus from having it. But in the process, they wind up killing Nova. Frankie Ray, his uh, herald at the time. So he he comes to the next closest planet, being Earth, 
and winds up choosing as his new herald Aunt May, who becomes the golden oldie. Which, uh, just to be clear, I feel when people remember this story for Galactus and the Twinkie, it really buries the lead of yeah. Golden Oldie. I, an injustice has been done onto this absolutely bizarre character. And yeah. I am also somewhat annoyed that at no point was there a Golden Oldie, Doc Ock tie-in crossover miniseries. It, it's not too late, Marvel. I know at least one person who would pay to read that. The upshot of all of this is she starts trying to find ways to avoid giving him what he wants. And she is like, hey, try a Twinkie. And he's like, that's really fucking good, but it does nothing to sate my hunger. And so (laughs) she flies around trying to get all the Twinkies she can. And he's just like, this is still utterly inadequate. (laughs) And at the end of it, like... They find some, like, cosmic character who is able to create Galactus-sized Twinkies and thus remove the threat of him forever. But there are so many... I mean, you you can't throw a rock in the comics industry without hitting a hostess fruit pie gag yeah either making fun of the originals or making fun of this parody with galactus the spider-man human torch comics that dan slot did had a gag where they're they're like helping some bodega owner and while they're there spider-man buys a hostess fruit pie but then like they have a run-in with the red ghost and his super apes and Spider-Man uses a display of Hostess fruit pie ads to waylay them. The original run of Thunderbolts had a full-page spoof of this, where Zemo comes in in his Citizen V costume, and he's just like, what are you doing? We're supposed to be taking over the world today. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. We're too busy eating this shit. And he's like, what? (laughs) You're masters of evil, and Techno, of all people, is like, the only only evil I'm going to be doing is ho- hogging down great flavors, uh, both great flavors, apple and cherry. And at the end of it, <laughs> M- Moonstone is just like, come on, like, try one. They're really good. The delicious, real fruit filling, the light, tender crust, just like your mother used to make. And he's like, <laughs> oh, very well. And then he takes off his mask, and you get a shot of his gnarled face and he's just like (laughs) scrumptious i never knew pie could taste this good from now on we'll use our powers to benefit and protect mankind and songbirds like not to mention these tasty fruit pies (laughs) one of my favorites though was one that actually did not happen back in like 2005 uh marvel did a an all humor one shot uh sort of in the vein of when what if would do weird issues or the classic uh marvel series what the the one shot was titled wah huh so yeah it it was really it was really difficult because i was working in the comic shop at the time 
and I'd have to tell people, oh, yeah, we got a new issue called Wahuh. And they'd be like, just Batman, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's that's great. Thank you. Um, But Patton Oswalt had apparently proposed a Hostess fruit pie ad that did not see print. Um, but he had released the script for it. And it is, I love it because it is kind of the, it is kind of the logical conclusion to, to this line of thought. And it, it it's the Punisher in a hostess fruit pie ad. <laughs> and he is, he is pursuing, he is pursuing a villain called the hooker hacker. Um, <laughs> and so the setting of it is like this this shitty hotel uh where he has a bound prostitute and he's like getting ready to kill her the punisher is down to like it says the pun the punisher shot stabbed burned and bleeding stands in the hall outside he's looking through his dwindling arsenal and it says the punisher I finally managed to corner the hooker hacker and all I've got left is a garrote and it's all sticky with pimp blood. Um, he's fortified his cheap sex and torture den with lead lined walls and a duraloy hinged door that took every shotgun shell I had. Why didn't I turn his brains into wet gray mist down the street when I had the chance? Um, and uh, <laughs> the hooker hacker, like it, it, cuts to um on the night street the hooker hacker is tossing aside a mutilated corpse in one hand he holds her blood drenched heart the punisher is running up with a shotgun hooker hacker her eyelids will make tasty soup i love satan the punisher i'm gonna blow your belly out your back the hooker hacker throws her heart at the punisher it jams in his shotgun barrel Hooker hacker, have a heart punisher, get it? Because I'm throwing your freshly torn out heart at you? The punisher, her bloody entrails have jammed the barrel of my street sweeper. I'm going to go out of my way to wound you so I can kill you slowly over the course of a couple days, and I'm going to urinate on you after you're dead. Uh, the punisher takes out two pink pants fruit pies from his shoulder bag, Losing blood from where that crack addict stabbed me this afternoon. Only one chance. He throws the fruit pies under the door. Even women-hating thrill killers can't resist the fluffy crust, sugary glaze, and tangy filling of a pink pants fruit pie. The hooker hacker is digging into the fruit pies. In the background, the Punisher bursts through the door, garrote ready. The trust hub hooker smiles happily. Hooker hacker. Skinning that tramp will have to wait, at least until I mutilate these delicious pink pants fruit pies with my mouth. The Punisher, I'm going to cauterize your rectum, sealing it shut, so when you turn those delicious pink pants fruit pies into waste products, the bilirubin in your feces will leach into your bloodstream and you'll die screaming. And I'll watch while having sex with this grateful prostitute. Hooker, blueberry are my favorite. <laughs> So, yeah. I pictured that entire thing drawn yeah. by Steve Dillon. Just 
Just my brain didn't right. even have to try. Beautiful. Like I said, it's it's one of those things that it was very short-lived for how deeply embedded it became into the comic zeitgeist. And has ultimately literally outlived yeah. the company that that purchased it, that that bought all of these ideas we weren't able to track down like where the idea came from within the company or usually you can find like oh this this marketer at uh, hostess was responsible for it we can't seem to track that down but whoever that is is one of the most influential people in comics and were never yeah. involved in yeah. comics like i said i just i love the logic of this world I love sitting around and thinking about the implications of shit as is and add some wackadoo world like this where it's just like, I'm going to kill you. Fruit pie. Never mind. <laughs> like, you know. Or like going back and, and reading the classic uh, Spider-Man hostess ads knowing that this guy is going yeah. to die horribly <laughs> at the hands of Dan Slott and... Uh, Dan Slott as represented by yeah. a supervillain. Well, that and also like it does it does lead to other questions like what happens if the villain in question is diabetic and like offering them a fruit pie just makes them angrier because they're just like, I can't have that. And then they just like kill everyone, <laughs> you know, is the hostess universe itself split among the companies and there's like five hostess universes or or is everyone sharing the single universe and batman and spider-man are in the same universe right. with archie all dealing with right. just fruit yeah. pies the the implications are mind-boggling and quite frankly I, I you just know that at some point someone's going to return to this whole hog like we're going to get someone making a, a standalone or mini where the very concept of of hostess as the operating engine i guess or system of of the, like the the the, the ethics yeah. of the universe instead of like superman whistling or some shit like that <laughs> i i would love to see grant morrison's take on this quite frankly there was a there was a thing i was working on i was working on this superhero comic that was ostensibly played somewhat straight uh in terms of Ooh. it was very weird but like everyone in that universe was just like yeah this is the way things are and as a result you know so we had we had stuff that we were working on where it was like one of the big ideas was that uh Early on in the series, all dogs were just going to abruptly, like, fall over seemingly dead. And it was going to be a background thing. But then it would turn out that at the end of it, these highly evolved, like, canine aliens were going to show up. And it would turn out that dogs were actually them projecting their consciousness in advance of an invasion. And the whole idea was that all of the dogs <laughs> would have, like, Cree-sounding names but they would all it was all oh, going to be so like cool. Rovar and Princess and stuff like that. Like it was you know, <laughs> Spaat and so on. 
you know, and yeah, but one of the first things I was going to do, like literally the first thing was going to be a hostage situation at a bank where a hero stopped the hostage situation using fruit pies and literally the only person involved who finds this at all weird is this one hostage who's just like what is going like uh the he was gonna show up and one of the hostages was gonna be like yeah kick his ass and then he's just like i won't have to i just have to throw a few of these around and the villain's just like ah i need that money to fund my crack habit but i can't i can't resist that fruited cake and the (laughs) hostage was just gonna be like what the fuck (laughs) like you know but anyway (laughs) i went off on a weird tangent there Hey, no, this show is a weird tangent. It is, but at any rate. So, yeah, so this is basically going to be that. <laughs> and for for our next episode, uh, thank you for, for wading gently into a shallow end of the pool with us, because we're going to dunk your head under and drag you into the deep end with Batman slash FaZe Clan crossover modern marketing at its absolute worst oh my god i just like i said you talk you talk about a promotional comic that makes the thing it's advertising look just fucking terrible this is it like yeah i'm really looking forward to this because i want nothing to do with any of these people (laughs) ever anyway yeah you you dragged it to us immediately there was no hesitation in you there was no 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 moment of should i do this no you went second episode batman phase clan it was relevant (laughs) and it was recent so you know whatever if uh you enjoy that uh idle threat and uh the last 45 minutes of your time please like share and subscribe (laughs) this has been multiverse of marketing i have been crash and burn you have been jr sweeney that's what it says on my underwear oh we have to do underoos at some point oh god um yeah no i don't i don't know uh yeah we're doing join us for batman phase clan after that we're doing star ears we're just covering all of our bases right off the bat it's just like weird terrible and then way better than it has any reason to be so yeah unnecessarily decent therefore yeah. forget it entirely pretty much uh so yeah bye <laughs> bye <laughs> <laughs>